This podcast contains material and language that may be disturbing to some listeners. While not explicit, listener discretion is advised. David and Shane discuss their random paranormal adventures and stories. We dive into paranormal cases from the past and the present. We also talk about what got us into the paranormal, the highlights, and the scary moments while on our adventures. This is Shane, and you are listening to Bear River Paranormal Podcast. Hey everybody, just before this episode starts, we just want to let you know that we have switched platforms. We were on Spreaker, but we have moved over to Anchor now. So all of our information will be updated and everything, so that way you guys can go straight to Anchor or to Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. Thank you. Hey everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Shane. And I'm David. And on this episode, we are going to talk about haunted objects. But before we get on to our current topic, we need to discuss a couple things here. Now, Logan, Utah is getting its first Paracon. It's going to be on October 8th. Location and other details are to be announced. But as it sits right now, my group, Bear River Paranormal, will have a booth there. And I was also asked by the founder of the Paracon that's going to be hosted here in Logan to be a special speaker at this event. So if you would like to come and see me speak or come and see our booth, we will have all of our information posted up on our website. And we'll also have information posted up on every single episode leading up to October 8th. And then we will go from there. But I'm super excited. It's been a couple years since we've last done a convention style gathering or anything like that because COVID and, you know, Utah's weird. It comes in waves. We'll have two or three years of conventions for paranormal stuff, fear con, yada, yada, yada. And then people will lose interest and it'll die out for a while. And then it will pick back up again. So super excited to get back into having a booth at a convention that's more tailored towards what we like to do and everything but we wanted to let you guys know first off so make sure you watch our facebook pages bear river paranormal and brp podcast for any updates links anything like that that is in regards to the convention outside of that just a friendly reminder we have moved over to anchor yes i know I've talked about this on every single episode so far, and most people listen to Spotify than anything else, but just as a friendly reminder, we are on Anchor now. We still post on Spreaker, but unfortunately the older episodes do get deleted because, you know, I'm not going to pay to store my audio files on there when Anchor is completely free and they're not going to do that to me. But I digress. I'm actually looking forward, uh, surprisingly, to uh, doing the the con yeah because i mean i yeah like you said it's been a while since we've we've done one and i kind of have been missing doing it 
Mm-hmm. Um, I know when we first uh, did the very first one we did, uh, I, obviously our expectations were different. Mm-hmm. We were expecting to go there and then try to just get a bunch of clients. I think that was like our first, you know, to, to meet people, get our name out there mm-hmm. uh, so people know who we are and we can get more clients. And then I think uh, the very last one we did, which was up at, uh, uh, like, near Fort Douglas and everything up uh, by, by Utah University, it was kind of mm-hmm. different because uh, we had to expect that we because when we first went we didn't get so many like we handed out tons of cards talked to a bunch of people but we didn't really get many calls yeah but it was interesting because we actually did meet a few people that actually we ended up working with later so it like mm-hmm. opened up avenues for us that we weren't expecting mm-hmm. but more than that i think it was just uh more fun to just go out there and then just talk to people because you're actually very surprised with people that come up to your booth and then they ask you, you know, well, what's this? We do because we have all of our equipment on like two to three freaking tables of just all of our stuff. And they're like, oh, what's going on here? I'm like, oh, are you selling this stuff? And they're like, uh, no. <laughs> mm-hmm. In fact, uh, p- p- put that down, you know, because the people would come up and start grabbing our stuff. Like, this is just showing you all of our stuff. And then we're just talking about what we do uh, as an actual paranormal team. So we were actually are there to enlighten a tons of people that you know didn't really know what to expect when they came here mm-hmm. and then there when we tell them what we do and what actually goes into doing it it's kind of more just like them like oh that's so that's kind of what you, you expect and then they ask general questions and it's, it's, it's nice to talk to people mm-hmm. there in, in that format so i think that's what i kind of miss about about doing those is just uh getting people who don't know much about the field and talking to them in person mm-hmm. about it because when they see TV shows or hear stuff about scary things, you know, they're a little more off put by uh, the paranormal. But then when you talk to someone one on one, you know, in, in that type of environment, it's much easier for them to understand, I think. Mm-hmm. So I, I like it. I miss it. I, it'll, it'll be interesting um, mm-hmm. to uh, see uh, how, how it goes, like what type of venue it is and just uh, the turnout of people. Yeah. If people are. Cause I know October that's still a while away and hopefully uh, all, all the craziness is gone by then. Hopefully. Um, yeah. but it'll be interesting to see if people are still nervous about doing stuff like that. I know yeah. Comic-Con, uh, that's usually in like, uh, August, uh, they're still full bore on planning a convention. They announce mm-hmm. new guests all the time. So I'm very interested in see, uh, ha- how all these conventions go. But I, I was thinking, uh, but even before the pandemic, like last year in October, I was like, man, we really need to do a convention. Like I was actually almost to the point of discussing with you, like we need to talk to some people and we need we need to go in on doing a convention together because I, I've actually been missing doing it. Yeah, so. definitely. It's been a hot minute because we didn't do one last year, obviously. No, so it's, it's been two years for sure. Yeah, so it's been two years. And yeah i'm kind of curious to see how this one's going to turn out because this is in cash valley and cash valley is very religious in that aspect but the guy that's actually hosting the convention he's a a very well-known author he's actually wrote a ton of different paranormal books when it comes to paranormal occurrences around here weber county box elder county stuff like that and you've probably heard of him He's the person that created the book Strange Bridgerland. For anybody that is local or close to Logan or Cache Valley, you might know what I'm talking about. I'll post up a link 
to the book and everything. But the guy is a really nice individual. Um, but yeah, to go back to the convention thing, like the first time we went to a convention, we just didn't know what to expect. So we had like little goodie bags, a handout with cards, and we were just trying to get clientele, get our name out there, like David said. The second year was more marketing and, you know, rubbing elbows with different groups and different group leaders and also trying to get us some more clients and more, um, some more views on our Facebook page and everything like that. Then, what, the third year, it was just kind of more just to hang out, talk to everybody, get people to know who we are, stuff like that, promote some things, and then we just haven't had one since. And there's been quite a few of them. I mean, we've helped out with the Night at the Museum. There was also the Paranormal Expo. Then there was the Paranormal Festival as well. So at least for a good three years in October, we've been busy just doing that kind of stuff. And I you know. liked the Union Station. I think we yeah. did it twice. Yep. Um, and I, I didn't realize how much I enjoyed uh, leading people through a place and telling them history on stuff because mm-hmm. like it was funny because like literally the night before the actual night of the thing we did a walkthrough hands us a piece of paper and tells us everything and i just went completely into memorize mode for some reason and just like i don't know I, it was really nice and i like union station in general and i was really upset that they stopped doing it and not to get too much into it but i it, it pretty it's for political reasons why they stopped doing it because um, in my opinion, it seemed like a good uh, uh, marketing thing for them. Because you know they're always hard up on business, you know, for for stuff. So it makes sense to promote during the the, the Halloween and October season to promote that stuff because mm-hmm. people know it's haunted. Mm-hmm. And whether or not you believe in it or not, it, it's a potential for pe- for you to open it up to people that probably wouldn't see it in a normal setting, and it makes them want to go back later. Yeah. You know, in the daytime to see more that they didn't see at that night. And it just when they got new owners, uh, I, I don't know if it was because of their religious beliefs that they don't believe in ghosts or what what it was. But it turned into a, a thing where they, they didn't want to do it no more. So I, I feel like it was a missed opportunity for them. Mm-hmm. And hopefully they maybe come back and do it. Yeah. I mean, it it just it's a good revenue generator for that nonprofit that's maintaining that particular building. I mean, this is the type of issue that we're running across all the time in the state of Utah and even parts of Idaho too. I mean, it's just places are just off limits, period. No ifs, and or buts, you know, and it could be due to religion. It could be due to other things like they just don't believe in the paranormal, even though they've had stuff happen to them and they still can't even explain it, but they still don't believe in it. But that's the kind of stuff that we come across all the time. And the fact that they were so gun-ho on doing this night at the museum tours and everything like that, and it did generate quite a bit of interest and quite a bit of money. And the fact that they opened up the main area and allowed paranormal groups and other people to come in and bring booths and sell stuff and hand out cards and everything like that. It was good for it was good for the market, you know, and yeah. it was good for the local community too. Mm-hmm. I, I I didn't hear a lot of negative feedback from anyone that attended so it's just very confusing why they were close-minded about it yeah and really those types of people are what's wrong with this society these days personally you got to be open to a lot of different things and you got to be open to a lot of different uh revenue streams as well especially when you're a non-profit organization i know for a fact 
we're allowed to go up to Chesterfield whenever we want to. You know, they're also a nonprofit organization managing that whole ghost town, and they'll still let us come up there and investigate. Now, to actually do like paranormal tours and stuff like that, that would need to be talked to, open a line of communication for that as well. But I'm sure that they would probably be for it because it would be a revenue generator for them and it would help put that money towards those houses that they're trying to refurbish and bring back its original luster. They've done that to a lot of the different buildings there, but there's still a few of them that still need work on. So that that would be a good opportunity to be able to do that because you're helping out a nonprofit. You're keeping a ghost town alive, essentially. And that place has good paranormal activity. I know you enjoyed it there. You've had some stuff happen. Yeah, I really liked it. And actually, I uh, think about it quite often because I think it's a, it's a good uh, opportunity for uh, a lot of people. Uh, people to potentially experience it mm-hmm. and in my opinion not to feel like uh it needs to be uh, a quick cash grab where like no team is currently you uh there right but uh i feel like in that scenario you need a team to kind of help run it not like take mm-hmm. all the you have to go through me to to get their kind of personality but like I feel like if you have a team, like the owners have a, a team that you know is reputable and has a good um, sense of that you can trust them mm-hmm. to help guide people, other people to come there, I feel like it's safer than just letting any random person just be there. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Because like, I don't want to be the type of person that's like, oh, you have to come through us to, to, to go here. I don't want it to be like that, but I want like a team like us or even another team that's good to kind of constantly be in charge of running it just so the owners have a sense of feeling that i have people going out there tonight but i know it's in good hands because this team that i trust is leading these people Mm -hmm. definitely um just a side note if you guys hear noise in the background my puppy got back from the veterinarian clinic a couple hours ago she had some teeth pulled and everything so i gotta kind of keep an eye on her for the next little bit so if that's the noise you guys are hearing the rattling and stuff like that that's just my dog I'll try to edit it out as much as I can but obviously it's going to be kind of hard just so you guys are aware but yeah in regards to your what you were saying David yes I definitely agree I think someone that's experienced like a paranormal team should be able to to help run the tours and everything obviously not take complete control over everything like certain paranormal groups out there like to do but give most of the control to the actual organization and have them allow us to do the tours and everything and gather up the money and do the deposits and stuff like that but i completely agree with you on that yeah and and reputable because not all teams mm. out there are are good teams yeah so it, yeah. It, you got it's 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 hard because i can sit here all day and say we're the best team we can do this we can do that but I, I'm sure there are other teams that can be just as good out there. It's mm-hmm. just, it's hard because I know a lot of other teams that are bad. So you, you can take our opinion for what it's worth. And if you choose to go somewhere else, I mean, that's fine. No, no, no harm loss. I yeah. just will feel bad for you if you get burned by them later. Yeah, exactly. And the 10 years that I've been doing this in the paranormal, I've seen good teams come and go. I've particularly seen a lot of bad teams come and go real quickly. And yet they seem to just still not disappear. So for our topic, it is haunted objects. Now, 
You've heard me reference a few times that I own a collection of haunted objects. I have a few porcelain dolls. I also have a wooden gun safe, gun cabinet, that I also got from a client of ours because she did not want it in the house anymore because it had a spirit attached to it. David's has some experience with, uh, with haunted objects. But it wasn't until, I think, year three or year four, I think. Maybe year five. I think it was year four when I came across my first haunted object, which was a mirror. The mirror basically was a portal to the afterlife. We had a REM pod sitting on a chair right in f- right just adjacent to the mirror. And that REM pod was going off like wasn't constant but you can definitely tell when a spirit comes in and goes out through the mirror because that REM pod was just going wild oh is this is that the one that was on like that uh cabinet hutch where it was kind of built into it no this or one this was up in idaho one. falls on a residential case okay but do you you remember that one mm-hmm. yeah that the, one was in downey because that, that was the same instance where we set the REM pod in front of it because mm-hmm. we had a we had a feeling you know they were saying that they had a feeling that you know stuff was moving a lot there and we actually had a camera set up not to steal your story but I, it just popped in my head uh where we had a camera set up in the room and you could see uh whether or not you believe in orbs or not or does particles whatever but you could see it in the video that when uh, a light anomaly passed uh out or into the window the the mirror uh, the REM pod actually did go off, mm-hmm. and which was crazy because too was because as it was going off, I had an ovulus that was spitting out words too, and then out of nowhere, I think my camera fell. Mm-hmm. Actually, it made a noise, and uh, the REM stopped, and the ovulus actually stopped spitting out words. And what I know uh, in my own experience was everything that happened was real. Was mm-hmm. as soon as all that stopped, I felt dead tired like Mm -hmm. i lost all energy which was crazy because it was exciting stuff like i was excited that all this stuff was happening Mm -hmm. and then when it was all done i was just drained and go in there and look at the camera and like oh yeah it fell down and it it was it was very interesting yeah so yeah and those damn rabbits yeah don't get me started on that (laughs) oh and the three-legged dog i totally forgot about that there's an animal it will creep up on me oh yes it did (laughs) pitch black darkness forgetting they have a rabbit and you just hear thump 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 and you're like oh my god (laughs) and then it tries to bolt out the door when you opened up the door and you're like oh god (laughs) yeah random room no one tells me that there's a dog i'm like oh what's this room we didn't go in there open it and there's a dog there i'm like ah what the is that and then they're like yeah it's just a three-legged dog i'm like why (laughs) Oh, yeah. Glorious memories. But yeah, so your mirror. Yes. Mirrors are are interesting. Yeah, so like I was saying before, the uh, whenever the spirit would enter or exit through the mirror and everything, the REM pod would go off. At one point in time, I was in there by myself, and I immediately got surrounded and got attacked. Definitely not recommended because the the feeling that I had you know there was a bed so it's a, it's a smaller room there was a bed a little side table you know closet then there's the mirror and then there's a closet uh, 
just off to the right of me and to the left is where the mirror was and I had my back to the wall and I had a camera in there and did you record the whole nine yards and I'm just sitting there asking questions and I just felt like the room just kept on getting smaller and smaller and smaller until it felt like something was around me and it was trying to suffocate me and at that point I tried to fight through it but fear got the best of me and I had to bolt out of there my whole entire back was hot and sweaty and it was actually fairly cold in that room and the fact that my back was that sweaty and that hot and I was just panting I just wanted to get out of the house you know that was my first experience with a haunted object and I'm not gonna lie I kinda got hooked I actually like to collect haunted objects because the better side of me thinks that well if I just found this haunted object at a thrift store like uh, Idaho Youth Ranch or Deseret Industries Goodwill stuff like that I would rather buy that and put it in my storage unit so that way that item does not land in the wrong hands you know what I mean I guess that's just the protector side of me that I would rather spend the money to get that particular object and get it out of the market so that way no one else has to deal with it and be affected by this haunted object now over the years since I d discovered and dealt with my first haunted object we've came across quite a slew of haunted objects I mean we had a residential client that we were doing a cleansing in here in Logan that had a knife that had an attachment to it that one was you know okay ish you could definitely tell it had an attachment but it wasn't as strong as some of the other items that I've dealt with I've dealt with porcelain dolls I've seen a Dybbuk box and got close to a Dybbuk box never touched one nor opened one thank Technically, God you've been close to potentially two what was the other one? Um, it was at a paranormal uh, expo. Because I know of the one. Because I freaked the the lady out, asking, you know, what would happen if I opened this box, and she about shit herself. Yeah, that that one was at the expo here. In New yeah, York. that and one was the only one that I remember dealing with. Well, there's. Oh, yeah, kind right. Of the, main, the, the main one. one. The main yeah. one, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that one, yes. Well, we'll circle back to that one. Um, I got a question for you, though. Yeah. Uh, on the topic of mirrors, because they're, they're a fun topic in my mind, and I hate mirrors. Uh, that's mm -hmm. why I have uh, my whole house full of them, mm -hmm. ironically. Um, but when it comes to a haunted mirror, uh, do you think it's the glass, or do you think it's the frame that's haunted? Or is it both? Because I know a lot of people in like big, uh, big, big mirrors, like freestanding ones that are like six feet tall, mm -hmm. uh, they say they've replaced the glass before, mm -hmm. but it's still the original frame. And then I have other people said it's the same glass, but they've redone the frame. You know, it, it's kind of a toss up because if you take a look at mirrors, if you have an older mirror, um, if I remember correctly, they made the backing out of silver or nickel or one one those two. And I think it was silver, if I remember correctly. Don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure it was it's silver. Silver is a natural uh, energy harvester, if I remember correctly. 
And so older mirrors tend to be a lot easier to attach to and be portals, but sometimes it can be just the frame that the spirit is attached to. It doesn't necessarily have to be the mirror. Um, the first, the mirror that I was dealing with on that residential, my first ever haunted object was actually a pretty new mirror. I mean, it was like maybe a year or two old. So, I mean, they even said then, like, we picked this up at Walmart a couple years ago. You know, how does this thing have an attachment? It's like, well, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily have to come from the factory with an attachment. You know, I can't disclose much details about this case, but we kind of figured out what caused the mirror to become a portal and become a, a, a haunted object, you know? Well, I think there's a difference there. So yeah. you have, it can be a portal where any spirit can come, and then mm -hmm. you can have where an individual's attached to it. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think that, that that's where your difference lies. Because I think if it's a portal, it's it's the mirror function of it. Mm -hmm. Where if it's a person, they're more attached to it because it's it looks like it did because it's an older one when they had it when they were alive. Yeah, and I mean we can go down the rabbit hole of. You know, regardless if it's a haunted object or a portal, you should never break a mirror in general because that's just right. bad juju, blah, 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 blah. And then we can get into the metaphysical part of it, you know, the paranormal side, especially if it's a portal or a haunted object that would just intensify everything and you're most likely going to get hurt, you know. And, uh, I mean, you can cleanse it or close the portal and, you know, get rid of the attachment on it mm -hmm. because where you don't have to do any, like, get rid of the mirror. Mm -hmm. You know, because a lot of people are like, well, they just I just throw it away and stuff. I'm like, well, you, you didn't have to. There, there, yeah. there are step. Well, now we can say that because probably back then we, we didn't have a clue. But uh, we could say now because I am actually it's pretty admirable. I noticed uh, on, on one of the cases we did because I know you like haunted objects. and I know you you would collect haunted objects if you could and even like do a type of uh museum-esque to show them off uh, for, for different reasons but uh mm -hmm. it was interesting because we did a case and the clients actually did offer you several items that we confirmed were haunted mm -hmm. and and you said no no I, I felt like they were personable at least one of them was to, to them that we can just cleanse it and clear it and you, you can keep it and i yeah. thought I, I i thought when they said that i'm like oh he's gonna take it he's gonna take it and i was really surprised that you didn't so it, you know, it's. I think it speaks more to you that you're not just in it to collect mm -hmm. here willy nilly. You, you were there to help them, not mm -hmm. just go and collect their stuff and bounce. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, and that and that basically comes back to what I was saying before. I feel like it's the protector side of me. You know, I'd rather pull these items out of the market so that way it doesn't fall into the wrong hands. But if a client has an item. We'll cleanse it so that way they can still keep that item so that way they're not being affected. You know, that's just, that's the true paranormal investigator in me, the compassionate, you know, the empathic side of me, you know, because I'd rather have you be comfortable than having to take an item out of your house for my own greed. You know, I'd rather have you keep that item. But if you for sure do not want that item, I will gladly take it off your hands as long as you're okay with it, you know. I guess it just comes down to morals, you know? I have good morals, I guess. So with that, that the first mirror case you did, uh, mm -hmm. you actually did, uh, what did you end up doing? Because I wasn't there with you, obviously. And I think, what, did they end up just throwing it away? Was it that, is that how that worked out? Yeah, they did get rid of it. However, as they were throwing it in one of those big blue trash bins, you know, that the city likes to put out every once in a while yeah. for people to throw out their trash, they ended up breaking it in the process. 
potentially bad juju, I mm-hmm. guess, yeah. uh, on, on one end. And on the other end, if it did have like uh, an attachment on it and it wasn't just a portal, that spirit that was attached to it is now mm. potentially on the loose and can attach to anything new. Yeah. Um, they did go through a rough patch there for a little bit, but things have gotten ten times better. Um, so I do truly believe that the effects of breaking that mirror did have a negative effect on them personally. Initially, yeah. But now they're doing a lot better, and everything is copacetic now. That's good. Yeah. But if anybody out there knows of a haunted mirror, I would gladly buy it off your hands, or if you just want to donate it, hit me up at bearriverparanormal at outlook.com. Yes. Uh, do not hit me up, because I do not <laughs> want it. I got enough mirrors. I don't need any more. Yes, you, you do. You can <laughs> shove it with the mirrors. Right. Um, oh yeah, and I, I forgot to mention, I do. Yeah. I have three mirrors total in my house. I told you two, but I actually have three. I forgot the one on the vanity. Yeah. Um. So dolls, dolls, yes. dolls, dolls are, I think, the most common objects that get considered uh, haunted. Yeah, because um, they're the easiest vessel to take over. Right, and a lot of people assume that immediately once. Uh, a doll is uh, quote unquote uh, haunted or got an attachment on it. Most people immediately assume it's uh, demonic related. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, we've, we've run into cases that are close to that and are not that entirely for different reasons. Mm-hmm. But the reason why people say that is because um, demons for whenever never had a body. And mm-hmm. so if you create something that's kind of like a body in our eyes, uh, it's easier for them to want to inhabit it so it makes them feel like they have a body i don't know what their thinking idea is um and then other ones are mostly to like the idea of they can lure you because they want to think that all their, their little doll some cute innocent if i can control that and get them to trust me i can do whatever i want with them yeah. but i think there's all their other cases that you could have potential uh child spirits because i do believe child spirits are a thing uh, but you gotta be cautious when potentially dealing with them because you don't know. Yep. Um, but you know, children can also you know be on this earth that haven't passed on yet for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but an interesting fact that uh, I know, uh, fun fact, whether or not you guys enjoy it, I don't know. Um, the Amish. Uh, the Amish have a weird belief uh, that so they have dolls, right? But their dolls. Uh, aren't allowed to have faces on their dolls because they believe if it has a face, it can be possessed by demons. Which so is all, pretty all clever, to be quite honest with you. I would never have thought of that. And when you told me about that, I think it was like, what, a year or so ago? Something like that. I was kind of blown away. I was like, really? That actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to hate, but I do think the Amish are weird in yeah. all the little quirky things that they do. But... I, I did find that very uh, interesting because they are like probably one of the most religious people on this earth. I think so. Like I know there's people that are like you know way 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 hardcore, but I, I think mm-hmm. the Amish, uh, who fully Amish people that practice their belief, is is very interesting in their beliefs mm-hmm. to, to to me in an extreme level. But it's very interesting that they do that, and and it yeah. looks creepy. Like if you like go go Google it, like an Amish doll. 
and like hopefully it's, it shows you a, a real one but yeah they, mm-hmm. they don't have they don't have faces on them they're just straw dolls and you know you look at them just blank yeah you, know, you you're like that ah, it's a little bit more creepier than actually seeing one with a face but dolls dolls are very interesting and uh i think that's gonna be leading into uh when i started dealing with haunted objects mm-hmm. yeah because we've dealt with a ton of different dolls that have had haunted objects you know relatives locations uh in fact one of my investigators rebecca actually gifted me two dolls one of them had an attachment the other one did not um but they came from her mother's house and honestly to be quite frank with you the spirit that's attached to that one doll is not bad they that particular spirit uses that doll as a vessel to be able to go from the spirit world to our world so it's able to jump you know from that dimension to this dimension to kind of check up on things but then we've come across some pretty fucking gnarly ones too um and then we've come across some you know eh. i my newest one that i picked up i picked it up at idaho youth ranch and that's located up in pocatella idaho it's just a thrift store and I saw that they had a wide variety of different porcelain dolls, so I went over there to go check it out, because, you know, I'm kind of weird like that, and I actually like porcelain dolls. And it wasn't, it didn't take me more than, like, two seconds to figure out that one of them had an attachment, and I stuck my hands out, and I just started feeling, you know? Started working my way, kind of got the general area, then I honed in on it, and I found it. Immediately put it in my cart, took a picture of it, sent it over to Diane, and I was like... Check out what I just picked up. And she did not like that at all. <laughs> she's like, put that She's like, you idiot. Back. What'd you do? Put it back. Right? <laughs> so needless to say, that was a very long drive home. All the way to the storage unit where I dropped it off. And then once I dropped it off, all was well in the car. But to answer, answer to anybody's question, I don't keep any of my haunted objects in my house at all. They actually stay in my storage unit, which is clear across town so there's quite a bit of space between my storage unit and where i live i feel that that's the safer option for me right now until i can dedicate a room and actually seal it to keep those spirits within the haunted objects within their respected areas so until that happens they're always going to stay in my storage unit always but it's quite interesting every time I go in there and I need to go pick something up and they realize that I'm there and then it's just like kind of like uh, kind of like how a celebrity walks into a grocery store and all of a sudden he gets flocked you know that's kind of what it feels like when I walk into my storage unit I feel like I'm getting flocked by these spirits and they know not to really mess with me because they know that I can eradicate them real quick so they kind of just keep to their own I keep to my own Except for when I just decided to store another haunted object in there. That's not mine, it's actually Diana's. But due to the living situations that they have and everything, she needed me to hold on her haunted objects. So I took them over there. Um, Yeah. Let me just tell you, David, I didn't want to go back to that storage unit for like two weeks. (laughs) They were not happy at all. Not happy. But we've dealt with a lot of different porcelain dolls. But we've also dealt with other haunted objects as well, like a knife. I actually have a nice old school, old, you know, wooden 
gun cabinet that I have the keys for and everything that has an old man attached to him and he's just a senile old fuck. I mean, he's just... He's off to left field some days, you know? But he loved that that gun cabinet, so I'm not going to cleanse it. When I do decide to bring that into my house, there are going to be boundaries. And there is going to be a salt line right around it, so that way he doesn't escape those boundaries either. Let's see, we've dealt with haunted jewelry, necklaces, your cousin's doll, or not your cousin, but Sadie's cousin's doll. Yeah, so I'm, yeah, I'm that gonna bastard. Let me talk about one. it right now. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Um. Just um. Uh, talking one day, and uh, she has uh, tons of dolls in her room, and I actually took a bunch of pictures, and it, it's more than just one doll in in those pictures that have energy on it. But is this one in particular um, that I've shown to to people before? I, I've since don't have the picture. I don't know if you have it saved somewhere, Shane, or not. I should files. have it in our chat. I, I'll have to go through and dig it out. That, I'm that's, a long, sure I that's a long it. ways away to, get, to go through chat. But uh, well, that that the beauty of doing the the desktop Facebook is I could just go over and see the files and pictures that we shared with each other, and then I could scroll down and try cool. to find it. Um, because I, I are you planning on posting pictures of these haunted objects on our thing? Yes. Okay. So yeah, this this guy. So you'll you'll see it. Um, and. But, but if I cannot find it, we will try to get a picture of it eventually. Yeah, We're going to try to post up pictures of all of our haunted objects, so I still need to go and take pictures of the other ones that I have. But. Right, right. Because with this one, I'm going to just tell you right now, it's still got the attachment onto it. So, but I'll, I'll let you know. I'll kind of tell you why. Um, so, me, I'm like, oh yeah, we can, we can look at it. We can uh, investigate it for you, if you like. And then she reluctant lets me take it. And she, she let me take another one too, but I, I don't remember how many I, I took. But so I, I grabbed it, and it, it was her favorite, and all that, and she liked it. And I think it came from like a like a grandma or something on her side or whatever. Um, so then I'm driving up to the location because we're, we're tr the hardest part about when we were doing this because we were filming uh, a bunch of different haunted ob objects because we we were fascinated by it, and this was like our mm -hmm. first big thing. So we're just coming up with like a, a neutral location because we we're like, well, we don't want to do it at anyone's house. We really can't find a, a public venue that's kind of open to us where we can do. So it was, it was challenging in and of itself. But we ended up finding one and we ended up going doing it. And turns out that uh, in doing this, that this doll that I uh, seamlessly brought with ease uh, was probably one of the most dangerous things there. Yeah. Um, to the point where it physically uh, attacked you, Shane. Mm-hmm. Yep. In a, in a pretty bad way. That's why I hate that doll with a passion. Um, and so we go through all this big, uh, <laughs> big thing with it once, uh, once shit hit the fan, mm -hmm. and and then at the end of the night, I'm like, I gotta drive home with this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that that's not good. I I came alone and everything, so and I'll. I had it in the back when I drove up here, but it's night now. And I'm like, yeah, this thing is uh, sitting up front and I'm putting the seatbelt on it because it's not moving. <laughs> I, mm -hmm. I do not want, I like, uh, I'm driving uh, at night uh, ho uh, home and I'm like, just corner my eye, always looking at it. I'm like, don't you fucking move or this vehicle's <laughs> going off the road. And then, and then, uh, so I didn't go immediately bring it back to uh, the person. So I'm like, well, you're staying in my truck. 
mm-hmm. don't move. <laughs> and then uh, brought it back to them and um, kind of tried to explain to them, uh, the owners of the doll, that uh, yeah, there's a, there's a nasty thing on it. Um, but the problem is we couldn't really get rid of it uh, from the doll because we were worried that uh, since it lived in this house for so long and was with them, that it had a potential to just follow it back to the home and reinsert itself later. Yep. So the big thing, I was like, if we wanted to get rid of this negative entity, we would have to essentially do a cleanse on not just the doll, but your house, mm-hmm. which is a was a was a problem because you know she was living with a bunch of people that potentially was not going to be okay with us doing that like they didn't believe in this stuff or whatever it was mm-hmm. so it, it became a huge uh, uh problem that I, I i couldn't fix for them and roadblocks and stuff so uh she has i think in, since then moved out um and brought her dolls with us so the potential to bring it back up may still be in play but again it's uh if, she, if she's with someone or you know, other people, are, they have to also be okay with it, and who knows if they are. Uh, but what we did to, I guess, mitigate the problem for a moment is we gave her some really, really good selenite that we got from the Spiral Jetty uh, to try to keep it at least at bay. Um, yeah. But th- th- there were a lot of problems that uh, I think started to make sense to me because I've been in their home and stuff, and they had a dog, right? They have this dog. It's like a, a German Shepherd-type dog, and they had this joke that they would say, get the ghosts, and this dog would freak the fuck out. And they thought it was hilarious because it's like, mm-hmm. oh, it's just you say this word, and this dog does it, and I'm like, I truly believe that that's a real thing. Like, it, it's associated this word that you say with this thing that the people in the house can't see, but it freaks out. And I, I believe that that was a real thing. And mm-hmm. I, I felt like they, every time I went there, I felt like there was always like conflicts and they were always be fighting and stuff would happen. I'm like, it's all this negative stuff is just feeding this entity. Mm-hmm. Classic and it's been case do- right there. And it's been doing it for like years since she's had it when she was little and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, like nine, 20 plus years. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a really strong thing at that point. Mm-hmm. Once then we get it, and then it takes it out on us because it's been building up all its freaking strength. So it, it's a tough case all around, and mm-hmm. I, I I wish we could we res- can resolve it, um, but it, it's one of those up in the air that it's not in, in our control to fix something that someone else has to be willing to want to get fixed. Yeah, and when I got it, when that bastard attacked me, to now. I have grown exponentially with my abilities and knowing how to cleanse and everything like that. I'm kind of a force to be reckoned with, to be honest with you. So That was like three years ago? Yeah. So I've definitely grown since then. And I think if you were to bring that doll around me again, I could handle it a hell of a lot better and be able to shield myself a hell of a lot better. But I feel like cleansing it would be a, a damn good fight. I think it would be a fight to the better end. And I don't think it would... Uh... I mean, from the doll, I don't, I don't think we would end it. I think it would just come back eventually, to wherever we, you know, get yeah, it back once we get we, back to them. We would have to be smart about it and know exactly where we can banish it to and keep it there for a long time. Yeah. So, but yeah, that one, that one was very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then the other stuff we did, like you said, the jewelry and then mm-hmm. the, the, the little porcelain dolls and then Diana's, uh, what was it, the, the death shoes? Yep, she had death shoes. She also had a haunted doll. She also had a haunted picture as well. Um, and then a couple other different things. She actually has this Native American doll that has a attachment to it, but it's really not bad. I mean, it's it freaks her daughter out. Uh, her kids are actually... At least two of them out of the three have abilities. And so they know that that particular doll has an attachment. And when she let me hold it, I all I felt was like happy and warmth feeling. Like it, it didn't feel like the typical negative or malicious or demonic entity attached to an item. But it definitely freaks out our kids. Which I don't I don't blame the kids. I mean they're one's an adult and the other one's still like fourteen or fifteen or whatever. You know, they're still in that age where it's kind of freaking them out a little bit. But I didn't feel that it was that bad. Yeah. And I, I'm hearing people right now saying, hey, David, what are what do you mean by death shoes? I'm going to tell you right now. Um, mm-hmm. They were uh, infants shoes uh, that uh, you, you wear them like uh, before you bury someone. Like, you know, you dress them up in clothes. Uh, you, you bury someone in clothes and these shoes are meant to be worn by uh, an, an infant child that, mm-hmm. that has died before it gets buried. Yep. And it's kind of the same concept. I can't remember the technical term of what's called uh, those, that, that mask that people used to put on faces when people die. Have you heard of that one? I know of the, the coin thing that you put on the eyes. Yeah, I've heard of that too. Um, it was on an episode of Ghost Adventures years ago. I can't remember what it's called. It actually quite intrigued me. Was it called a death mask? Yeah, I think so. Something like that. Makes sense. Something like that. I can't remember. I think there was a different term for it, but that was a shorter term. I can't remember, but um, it's kind of like the same concept. I mean, some of these, some of these cultures and some of these religions will do certain things for dead people. Like back in the day, when you know they used to do living room viewings in your house. You would cover up the mirrors. They would put the dead corpse right there in your living room so people can come and see it. And they even like even farther back, people used to take pictures with dead people. If you want to see some creepy fucking pictures, just go look at the pictures of dead corpses standing next to loved ones. Ugh, ugh, really creepy. I don't know why people would want to do that back in the day. I'm glad they don't do that now. Yeah, I'm I'm not really a fan of funerals. I, I understand why people do them. It's a closure thing. But funerals uh, don't don't make much sense to me. Uh, I think for a few reasons. One reason being like, I don't need to say goodbye to their body because when they die, if they haven't moved on, they're here around me. Like I can literally potentially feel them and talk to them whenever I want. So mm-hmm. I don't need to say goodbye to their body because mm-hmm. I'm not saying goodbye to them. They're they're still kind of with me, you know. Mm-hmm. So I don't. I don't get the idea of uh, funerals and like burials because to me I, I don't really want to get buried honestly yeah. what you can do whatever you want to my body and a lot of people uh, spirits like are attached where you know if you do a desecration of corpse you know they stick around and like if they're not properly burial they're 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 not at rest mm-hmm. to me I that, that wouldn't be an issue for me because once my soul's left my body I don't I don't need it no more you can do whatever you want with it yeah I mean I think it just kind of ties back to cultural things I mean between like the Christians and the pagans the Wiccans natives 
the different cultures around the world. I mean, the natives would do a Native American burial for their deceased ones. You know, they they do things a little bit differently. But if you were to desecrate that grave, there is some harsh consequences for that. And it's been seen across all over Utah, Idaho, the western United States. You know, people building up these houses, buildings, roads, they come across these dead corpses. Of course, they relocate them to a cemetery. Yeah, I get that. But you still desecrated the grave, period. They're a potential resting place, right? Mm -hmm. And now they're no longer at rest. Yeah. And so then it causes issues. It's kind of like that thing that I brought up on the last episode about that part of the freeway here on I-15 where they found a mass burial site for all these natives and then they just relocated them but then there's been some weird shit going on there ever since then you know so I think it, it kind of ties back with the whole cultural thing but yeah I, I agree with you I mean it's, if the government didn't have a goddamn say on how people should do with my body you know I'd rather be buried in a tree I'd rather be pushed out on a boat set fire and just let my body burn. You know I what I mean? Style. Exactly. Yeah, I think it's weird. It's expensive, honestly. Mm-hmm. That's, that's it is. My, my second reason why I don't understand it and don't like it, because it, it's I'm dead, but I gotta make sure I have enough money so you can know what to do with me. Oh yeah, because you'd have to buy the plot that you're getting buried in. You have to buy the casket. You have to pay for the viewing and the funeral and the whole nine yards. Thousands I mean, it, it, it's a cash cow. Uh, that industry like kudos to them that actually want to deal with these dead corpses because me personally the biggest reason why I hate funerals is because I do not like to see dead bodies I couldn't I couldn't I could not look at my grandpa when he passed Um, the last time I looked at a physical dead body I broke down in tears and almost passed out you know. I've seen, I've seen, I've seen a few. One in an actual funeral setting, and one uh, of a person's life leaving right before my eyes uh, mm-hmm. in an unfortunate uh, scenario. Yeah, it's 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 very weird because I don't feel that type of emotion mm-hmm. when, when I guess a normal person would feel <laughs> when they see someone dead. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I guess it could potentially be different if it was someone uh, like really, really close to me. Yeah. Like if you have someone that you share memories with, it'd probably be different. But death in my, in my eyes is different than how I feel like most people conceive of it. Yeah, definitely. Not to be too morbid here. I feel like I'm depressing everybody right now. No, not necessarily. I mean, it's each person has their own feelings about it. I mean, you can go and do the cremation thing. Still expensive, but cheaper than a funeral, you know? Yeah, for sure. Me, personally, just stick me in a tree so that way that tree has fertilization to keep growing for years on end. Or push me out in the middle of a lake and set my body on fire. I That's really don't care. That's how we get haunted care. forests, Shane. I know, right? Do you right? want haunted forests? Well, we can, always, uh, we can always invest in that company that does the biodegradable ones. They take your ashes and turning into trees. I don't see a problem with that. <laughs> right? Like forest. I mean, because honestly, even if you're not buried uh, as a tree and you like forests, you can, as a spirit, wander a forest if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. So I, 
guess it really doesn't matter too much. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. But with the haunted objects, a spirit can attach itself to anything. Obviously, a doll is going to be the easiest, but it can attach itself to anything. We've seen paintings, knives, dolls, gun cabinets, mirrors, you name it, uh, silverware, jewelry. It can happen. And sometimes it's not the item itself. It could be the location. It could be the house. It could be the wood that they use to build the house. You know, the the possibilities are endless. And but to basically... Jump, though. Say so what? I, I, they can jump. Yeah, they can. So, like, e- even though that they're attached to something, I think at any point they could potentially jump to something else. It just depends on the situation. If they are anchored to our our our, our world, mm-hmm. uh, to a specific object, they mm-hmm. can, I don't think they can. But if they're just there and uh, say they want to like uh, hide or whatever, if you're trying to get rid of them or whatever, I feel like they can just jump to a different object. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I I I don't think we've seen that happen. Not but yet. I feel, I feel like it, it, it's a real possibility. Um, I feel like if it was a malicious, non-human, or demonic type entity, I feel like that's when that would happen. I really don't feel like an actual normal human spirit would just jump ship, you know? Right. Well, then I think what we do when we're cleansing, if we are cleansing an object, we usually do the object last, right? Because you want to cleanse the house, clear the house, and then potentially give it nowhere to go. So then when you do do the object itself, it has nowhere to go but out, right? Mm. Or if like Diana does it, she like gets it out of there and like, uh, I guess invisibly is like holding it and then goes outside and takes it outside. I mean, I think last time we and we cleansed that one uh, location, which by the way, uh, we've also dealt with a sword and everything like that. That's had an attachment as well. We talked about it on the last episode. Um, <clears throat> we actually cleanse the Ouija board and the sword first and then we took care of the portal and then we cleansed the whole entire house that all in that and also pulling attachments and everything like that I believe if I remember correctly that was the route that we took at this particular case some cases yeah we'll just take the item out of the house cleanse the house and then we'll go and cleanse that particular item it just really depends on the situation there's no really like set guideline for that just really depends on the situation but the last time we took care of everything else before actually cleansing the whole entire house because in my mind just thinking about it uh you cleanse the object and then it jumps to a different object Mm -hmm. and you're like okay this is good good. and then it's still technically there but it's just in a different object Mm um i'm just curious to see like so now once you start cleansing the house is it because it's a its new attachment isn't as strong as the old one was so when you're cleansing the house it has no choice but to kind of go away anyways Mm -hmm. i guess it just depends on how long its original attachment was because it's i I would assume if you're cleansing the house anyways if there was uh, a haunted object that we may have not uh, perceived Mm -hmm. and we're cleansing the house it may have accidentally kicked it out without us knowing this item was had an attachment to it because our cleansing of the whole house was pretty thorough in of itself. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And there's different ways to cleansing 
items that have attachments as well. It just really depends on what type of attachment it has. I mean, you can go as simple as just some salt and some black salt to having to go more in depth and having to use holy water and other herbs and spices to be able to eradicate the issue. It just really depends on the situation. But if you definitely have an item in your house that has an attachment or you just feel like there's an item there that you just don't feel comfortable with, just let us know. We can definitely come and take a look at it for you. That's some of the things that we like to do. We like to, besides doing the obvious cleansing, we like to cleanse your items so that way you can enjoy them without the repercussions of having some sort of a malicious entity attached to them. And if you want to donate to us, I'll gladly take it off your hands if you just do not want to deal with it anymore. Um, what were some of the items that we did? Um, uh, what was it? Uh, Needful Things, because we, we did do some stuff at Needful Things, uh, if anyone's familiar with it. It's a, like a thrift store in Salt Lake. Yeah, it's kind of a thrift store slash antique store in Salt yeah. Lake. It was the dolls, mostly, that yeah, we were dealing dolls. with. Yeah. It was the porcelain dolls up in the front of the building in the glass case that we were dealing with. Um, they weren't that bad, if I remember correctly. It's been a few years. They just had maybe years. some energy on them. Yeah. Nothing, like, too 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 bad. Yeah. That, that's the thing about some of these locations that have antiques and secondhand stuff is you don't know what you're going to get. It's kind of like a box of chocolates, you know? You just reach your hand in there and see what the hell happens, I guess. And every time that I've walked into a thrift store now that I've been building up my abilities and everything, you can tell when stuff is off in, yeah. in a in a thrift store well because because there's a difference between an object uh having energy on it just in general mm -hmm. versus having a spirit attachment on it mm -hmm. you could feel something you're like oh yeah that's 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 seen some shit or you know that feels oh, yeah. like it's it's got some uh you know good residual energy that's happened to it but that doesn't automatically mm -hmm. just make it a haunted object mm -hmm. yeah it takes investigating to determine that Exactly. And when you become seasoned enough to be able to tell the difference, you can tell that, oh, that just has some residual energy on it. You just put some salt on that and just let it marinate and you're good to go. Or this item definitely has an attachment and it definitely does not feel nice. <laughs> we need to eradicate this like now. I mean, a lot of famous known stories have been about haunted objects. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone's fascinated with items being haunted. Again, mm -hmm. it's mostly the dolls. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it is very uh, interesting when you're dealing, uh, for us, uh, dealing with haunted objects. Yeah. Because it, it adds a, a different uh, level because you're interacting with something and you're using the object as the visual, which in my mind can be a little bit challenging because you're trying to interact with the spirit you're too focused on what the item is looking like mm -hmm. to, to, to focus. So I don't know if it, there's a ploy there or not. But Guess we'll it, find it, out. It, it is very interesting. Um, yeah. In fact, um, recently, uh, just last weekend, Diana and I got invited to go to a haunted location in Bountiful, Utah called Anson Call House Investigation last weekend. And Vincent Lords actually has a very haunted object. He calls it Malenko. It came from a voodoo priestess or whatever. It actually has some pretty fucking wicked energy to it. 
Uh, I kind of pissed it off the first time I encountered it because I didn't realize you had to ask permission to take videos and pictures of it. So I'm over here like getting, getting some awesome angles and blah, blah, blah. If you're following us on the Bear River Paranormal Instagram page, it's actually up there so you can see it. But I'm over here taking videos and pictures of it. And apparently that's a no-no. You have to ask permission first. So it had an out for me. So this time around, I didn't really like interact with it much. But I actually came across another haunted object while we were there. Um, Vincent found a couple porcelain dolls that were buried under uh, ash and soot and, and everything like that. And some items. One of them was okay. The other one had a nasty attachment on it. I mean, it was nasty. I did not like that at all. He had it next to Malenko, but Malenko is in its own shadow box and it's heavily protected. And then the dolls were inside the salt ring, which was surrounding it. So, I mean, it was there was some buffer room between Malenko and these two dolls. But I tell you what, the, the feeling off of that doll was surreal. And it didn't help that the location and the history behind that location you know where where he was at didn't help matters any that's the most recent experience that i've had with a couple of haunted objects but david and i have actually toured uh, zach baggins haunted museum i've done it twice and david has done it once we've seen the dybbuk box that he's notorious for We've seen the vast amount of doll collections that he've had, some of the more oddity things that he's had, shrunken heads. Um, he actually had that death mask there in his museum, if I remember correctly. I think it was in one of those glass wall displays. Um. <clears throat> yeah, it was, uh, I mean, for what it was worth, uh, it was actually really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, for, for how much dark stuff was actually there, I don't know for what particular reason. Like, cause, I mean, we went with my family and uh, people that uh, mm-hmm. aren't, aren't uh, that familiar with, with the paranormal side, you know? Yeah. Uh, I would almost say either skeptics or non-believers or whatever. So, I mean, it was very uh, interesting that, I mean, they, they went. But it, it wasn't as... I didn't, I didn't have, like, as bad and dark a feeling... Uh, being in there, you know? Yeah. Like, for me, it just felt like, I, I mean, I'm a paranormal investigator. I've done this before. This feels like just another location to me. I, I didn't really mm-hmm. have too much where I'm like, I walk in and I'm like, oh, this place is evil. I need this, 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 and that. Where's my priest? You know, I, I didn't get that feeling. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't know why, if there was a specific reason for that. Uh, but, I mean, to say that he didn't have some probably scary shit, yeah, I mean, I mean, we we looked at the Bella Lugosi mirror. Speaking of mirrors, mm-hmm. uh, fuck, I st- I stared the shit out of that thing. That didn't get much out of it. There was no, really only lucky. one. There was really only one room uh, that I actually did have uh, a bother with, and it wasn't even the Divic box. Divic box is fine. Uh, whatever. I can't remember the doll he had that has the SB7 constantly running. I don't oh that doll. yeah, her the one that causes everybody to have nosebleeds. Yeah, I know sure. that one. Yeah, no nosebleed from anyone in our group. Um, yeah, uh, or I don't even think she really talked to us anyways when we were there. But no, uh, she room, wasn't really present, nor did she really want to be bothered when we did. Yeah, when we went there. Uh, but one room that I actually did have a problem with uh, on, on on a level was uh, this one room, and I don't I can't remember the person, but it was like it was a serial killer person. 
and uh, they tortured people. And what they torch, how they tortured them, is, is really gruesome, and it involves like sodomy with like fucking stakes, sticks, and stuff. Mm. Anyway, it, it's disgusting. Uh, but they had the bed that all this gross, like sex slave type stuff was performed on the on on people. Yeah. Uh, and just being in that room, I did feel sick because just seeing the bed and the pictures and all this stuff it, it did actually uh make me feel sick not not so much on a paranormal level but more on on a real homicide type level you know yeah uh like if you were to go and see like a crime scene type thing i mean that that probably actually was the one room that i was like i kind of can't wait to get out of this room <laughs> yeah um but everything else like even the the the, the, the death van and the guy that helped perform assisted suicides. I mean, mm-hmm. no problems there. Uh, the demon house stairs and dirt, whatever that room crap was, mm-hmm. uh, didn't bother me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing that maybe bothered me was the little gimmicks that they had. Like, they had, like, uh, people, like, real-life people uh, at certain points actually kind of do, like, a jump-scare type thing, which I felt was unnecessary. Um, but other than that, I, would I go again if I was there and someone said, "Hey, do you want to go here?" I'd probably say yes. Yeah. Um, I think he did a he, he did a really cool thing, and I don't uh I don't blame him or judge him at all for doing what he did. I think it's really cool. Yeah. Um, and I don't. Would, well, would, if, and I if mean, someone but- asked me though if I wanted to do one here in Utah. I probably would be open to the idea. I mean, it, it's mm. very interesting when it comes to haunted items in general because it puts an image to what people believe is potentially out there in, in yeah. spirits. Yeah. Um, and but, I mean, the ba- the whole backstory on how he acquired the location and tried to turn this historic building into the museum, you know, there's some quite a bit of history to it. I mean, it... Whether you like or hate Zach Baggins, the fact that he's had this many issues just trying to get the museum up and going, you know, and then finally when it got up and running, it's been smooth sailing since, you know. The fact that he's he's he, he's a human being like all of us. I mean, yes, he's famous, he's on TV, but he also has feelings. He also deals with some shit as well, and the fact that the museum was delayed to be open for quite a few months because of the issues that he was having just with the location itself kind of tells you, you know, this place has some history, this place has some energy to it. Now, when when David was with me, um, if I remember correctly, I believe Whitney got touched on the back right before we walked into the, um, right before we walked into the, the room with the Dipic box. But the first time I went there, I, this was like five-ish years ago. Um, I made the stupid mistake of looking into the Belly Lugosi mirror and challenging it, seeing if anything would happen. That was probably not my finest hour, to be honest with you, because the rest of the day I felt like utter shit. That same room with the SB7 spirit box that was going on, um, could definitely feel that attachment to that doll, and it was actually pretty intense. The Dipic box was also pretty intense as, too, as well. 
there were a few other things that were in there that were just pretty nefarious, to be quite honest with you. But the biggest thing is, I kept on getting drawn to the basement. Like, I wanted to go in the basement, and you are not allowed in the basement in this particular location. He only allows people to go into the basements if you actually do the paranormal investigation thing that he does there. But it's not even, like, a good paranormal investigation because you can't even bring, like, three quarters of the stuff that you want to use. You know, you can't take video, you can't take pictures. They're touchy about the audio, stuff like that. You know, it's whatever. I didn't know they did that, actually. That'd be interesting. Yeah, he does it every once in a while, from my understanding, particularly around, like, October time. Yeah, I, I never knew he did that. But... Yeah. I wouldn't mind doing it, to be honest with you, be able to investigate Zach Baggins' Haunted Museum, but... To, to just, just be able to, like, be in a room and then actually, like, without, like, having to move along... Mm-hmm. Is a lot different than like a guided tour. Like even if I if I'm not allowed to bring any equipment, that's fine. Because uh, at that point, I'm not there to prove to anybody else that what's there is real. I mean, yeah. It's kind of more for, for for me. Yeah. So at that point, I don't need equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it would be very actually very interesting to actually do that. That'd be yeah. Very... I definitely agree with that. I would love to investigate there if we can bring all of our equipment to do it. You know, obviously we. We can use our body as equipment too, but it would be kind of cool to catch some things on camera, you know? Uh, it's not nice. like he hasn't already, you know sure. what I mean? But it would be nice to have my version of what we caught there as well, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because I, I firmly believe if he stopped filming and just ran his that business, I, I feel like he'd still do fine. Oh, I mean, if he were to retire tomorrow, he would be set for the rest of his life, to be honest with you. Oh, he's sure. got re- he's got residual income coming in because you know that he's getting paid for every time people view his his videos. You know, it's got to be it's it's called royalties. Yeah, royalties. And they're like at what twenty seven seasons. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> On top so, of that, he's yeah. also generating another source of income by doing the museum. You know, yeah. obviously the legality behind that and the taxation and the fact that he has to keep the the outside of the building semi the same because it's a historical building stuff like that you know there, there's some hoops that he probably has to jump through but altogether i mean if he were to retire tomorrow he'd be set for life no questions asked do i see him retiring anytime soon probably no. not something would literally have to shake him to the core to get him to maybe right. step back you know yeah yeah and i I don't know if I've given my opinion on Ghost Adventures on on here before. Um, I'll say it again. Like, I don't have a problem with them or any other filming people that do this. Because I understand it's for entertainment. The biggest problems I ever have with shows, even if we were to do one, is the fact that it's not all of it is what really happens. Mm -hmm. People, they're doing this because they're trying to entertain people yeah so like when someone when they show you a one episode of everything happening that's not one night it's probably multiple nights sometimes mm-hmm. it's probably even evidence that they've acquired from other people and claimed it as their own mm-hmm. and or have even told people who own the venue to say actually this is what's going on at your property not what you're telling me yeah. scripted you know i i get it it, it sucks and it makes uh, gives us bad names sometimes mm-hmm. because people have this stigma that we're all like these ghost shows. Um, but I, I understand why they're doing it. It's a business. Yeah. It just 
it's it's hard to flirt with the line of you want to be the best paranormal person uh like honor wise that you know you do everything right and you, you're honest to people then you want to be like but i do love this field and i want to make a, a profit out of it you know mm-hmm. uh so you flirt with the line of well what's morally right to show mm-hmm. people that i can still be considered uh, a legit paranormal investigator yeah because regardless you know you could be the most upstanding citizen you could be the most honest citizen you could be the most honest person you know what i mean once you get on tv people will automatically label you as a fake a fraud you're faking your stuff how can you just do that one day you know the reality is it takes three to five days to film one episode if you had the production value, if you had the production money and everything like that, it could take three to five days to do one episode, one location. So I get the back end of it. I just wish they were a little more truthful because anybody that has two brain cells will know that there's no way in hell he caught that much evidence in one night. I can only count on two hands out of the hundreds of locations that I've been to that we had activity off the fucking wall in one night you know so i wish they were a little more truthful about that there's no way possible you did it all in one night no you did it in three to five nights that don't don't kid us you know but outside of that you're automatically labeled as something else regardless of of who you are now obviously there's been some bad apples out there there's been some controversy there's been some proven Uh, faking stuff like that and it also gives them a bad name as well you know I was excited to see when Ghost Hunters came back on TV because that was the OG show that I used to watch back in the day back when I was like 14, 13 you know Ghost Hunters International you know the OG Ghost Hunter shows and even then like looking back at it like some of the stuff that they caught, they seem to be a lot more honest or a lot more thorough about their investigations, stuff like that. But there's no way in hell they did that one night. I think their production was a few days as well, just like Ghost Adventures. Regardless, even though I've hated on them numerous times in the past, I've made fun of Zach Baggins, yada, yada, yada. He's a successful businessman and he's a successful entertainer as well. And I can't fault him for that. Some people have their excellent skills, and some people just don't have those types of skills. You know, excel in something else. But honestly, if uh, you were offered uh, or uh, partnered or whatever, or even yourself thought about starting a museum here in Utah, would you potentially consider it? Yes, definitely. So, I mean... I, I feel like it's also a no-brainer. I think anyone in our position would also do that, mm-hmm. depending on what they say. You know, they're like, oh, I would never do something like that. Anyone, I think, would consider it at some yeah. point. It's I mean, just depending look, if you're able to do it, but mm-hmm. then still keep a moral high ground. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. Anybody that's in the paranormal field, we would love to be paid for what we do, you know? Yeah. Obviously, I center my group around nonprofits, so... We don't take in any money from anybody to do these things. This is all funded out of our own pockets. But if someone were to come up to me and be like, hey, I will sponsor you to be a full-time paranormal investigator. Given your two weeks, let's start logistics. Let's sign contracts. Let's go over contracts. Let's go over payments, stuff like that. I'll be like, done deal. You know what I mean? I was just frankly, part-time, honestly. <laughs> well, 
I can I'm just part time. I can do seasonal stuff. It's fine. Yeah. Well, yeah. I I would think full time would mean that we would go full balls to the wall for like four to six months, and then we would have four to six months of a break. You know what I mean? Because they're gonna sure. have to put together the episodes and get them yeah, ready yeah. to to go out. And by the time the season comes out, you're already out in the field investigating for the next season. You know. So if someone were to come up and offer me that type of position. I would probably say yes without even thinking about it, to be quite honest with you. Because this is more this is more of my passion. I mean, yes, I have other passions too. I love to cook. I love to do mechanical things. I love, you know, if I had a lift, it would make it more enjoyable to, li- to work on vehicles and stuff like that. But the paranormal is my passion. And if I can get paid to do this kind of stuff and travel around and see these places and help people out, I mean, that's just a no-brainer. So, Haunted Objects, I'm sure we'll run into more in the future. Mm-hmm. Even though this episode's Haunted Objects, I'm sure we'll talk about more in the future. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we probably went off on a lot of tangents here and there that weren't uh, Haunted Object specific. But, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, well. <laughs> well, then that's the beauty about our podcast. I mean, it. yes, we will definitely talk about the the subject of the of the episode which this one's haunted objects but we also go on to other paranormal tangents and that's the beauty of podcasting you don't have to stick to the set list if you know what i mean you can still go off and you can still circle back and blah 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 blah. and and really though we like your guys's input if you guys really like that we go off on these tangents or do you prefer for us to stay focused on the task at hand let us know i mean obviously we our fan base is building by the day building by the week and we really like you guys's input if you guys can just shoot us a message comment on one of our posts send us a personal message stuff like that just let us know because obviously we're doing this for you guys because we want to get the information out to you guys and we also want to entertain you guys as well. So if you really enjoyed this, but you think that there might be some tweaks that we could do, just let us know. Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, I'm doing it a little bit for myself because I wanted to do this, but yeah, because I, I like talking about it. Yeah. And I was getting nuts just talking to myself or talking to people who don't really understand what I'm talking about, <laughs> you know, like coworkers or just people that I actually interact with. Yeah. So I was get I was getting crazy and I wanted to get everything out there. So mm-hmm. that's why I came up with this idea with you to do it. So I mean I'm doing a little bit for myself, but I just like talking about it. So if it goes off on a tangent because something popped in my head, because we really aren't that scripted. I think no, we talked really. we lit we literally just talked about what we're potentially talking about today and then just kind of ran with it. We really didn't we're not reading anything off of a paper right now of saying, okay, next step, okay, let's talk about this. I mean, mm-hmm. I think we do that kind of when it when it we really want to make sure we talk about something specifically yeah. yeah but really we're we're just almost literally improvising this as we go yeah so i mean if you guys don't like that we're just talking about random stuff and you want more story driven stuff i mean i have a potential new episode in mind for something that's literally just uh story driven mm-hmm. uh that i was gonna play around with with shane and talk about it yeah uh, and so maybe well after that you can see if you like that better or not I, I don't know yeah and 
you know, to be honest with you, when we started this, I sat down because I'm kind of an OCD type person. I like to have things organized to a point. So no. before we even start, I know, right? Who would have thought that? Um, before, But before we started actually recording, I actually sat down and I typed up a whole set list for, God, I think at least for a year and a half. Obviously, it can change. It can be tweaked, it can be moved around, stuff like that, but it was kind of like a general idea of what kind of set lists that we were expecting on every episode. And so far, we've pretty much kept to it, you know what I mean? We, we've followed it to a point, but we're off the cuff as well, so obviously we were just talking about funerals, which had nothing to do with our main topic, but, you know, it happens. We're human. We just... We like to talk about certain things and we like to just bring some things up and discuss about it. And, you know, I think that's the beauty of podcasting. Unlike radio, TV shows, stuff like that, where you have to keep a script. Podcasting, you can do whatever the hell you want. And that's the beauty of it. I like the freedom of it, you know? Yeah, it makes sense to me. I mean, it's pretty simple. I mean, because you you do got to make it entertaining. And if it's just Mm -hmm. us talking about stuff, and I mean, we are trying to get it to be where it sounds interesting but also we're trying to be factual about stuff you know and one can be monotonous over the other but i i, I don't know every everyone's gonna eventually hate i guess i don't want to say hate but like say one day one person really liked what we did and then another person says well i didn't like what you did and you're like well mm. sorry yeah. uh come again i don't know you know like there's there's catering to people and then there's bending over backwards for people and then Mm -hmm. just like this is what you get if you like it cool if you don't uh, bye yeah (laughs) you know like i don't i don't know how to you can't please everyone yeah and i completely agree with that so as long as we're having fun i don't care yeah yeah and we're both having fun i mean this is i've had a shit week david has had a busy week and last week was his shit week so it's kind of nice to be able to stand here, talk about the paranormal. I'm having a beer. I don't know if David's drinking anything, but we're just bullshitting, really. Just shooting the shit. I mean, you're standing. I, I, I'm sitting. So. Well, yeah. How'd you know that? <laughs> but yes, I am standing. I find that it's a lot better for me to talk and less vocal breathing when I'm standing than I am when I'm sitting. I don't know. I'm kind of weird like that, but actually, I quite enjoy it. It's actually been nice to just stand here because I sit on my ass for nine hours a day, five where, days a week. Where I I stand for ten hours a day. So yeah, when I'm when I'm home, I I'm sitting. Exactly. <laughs> Differences. So just let us know. Send us a message. Text us, email us, let us know if you enjoy the content that you're getting from us, if there's any tweaks that you would like to see, or some stuff that you would like us to touch on. Let us know. We really, really thrive on your guys' input. We've gotten some input, and all of it has been positive. People have liked our podcast, which is awesome. We'd just like to have some more input. You know, the numbers are steadily ticking up. But we're not getting a response from a lot of people. So if you guys can speak up and just let us know, that'd be great. Because I'm waiting to do a post where I want uh, people to ask us questions. Yeah. So that we can do an episode where we answer your questions. But I'm waiting for more people to start following the group and uh, being 
kind of actively participating in, mm-hmm. in our page before I do that because I, the, what will upset me the most is I post this this thing about ask us questions and we'll do an episode on it and like two people if that ask a question I'm like, well there goes that episode. Yeah. Because <laughs> now and we're we, like, well. We and I was thinking about maybe we can do some fun things with it. I mean, if we do a Q and A episode. Maybe we can do that live for you guys, like on Facebook or something, where we can set up a camera and David and I are right there just reading off the questions and answers, reading the comments, stuff like that. That could be a possibility. Do, do, do we have a do we have a face for, for camera work? Will they will they look at us and be like, Oh, that's that's what they look like? Well, I mean, <laughs> once I go to my barber next month, I definitely would have a face for people to look at. You guys don't want to see this face right now. I'm uh Nine months into no haircut or beard trim, the COVID look is what they call it these days. I call it the homeless look. Yeah, yeah. I kind of look a little homeless, to be that's, quite that's, honest with you. I, that's what I say all the time. I, 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 it's just the homeless look. It's yeah. called laziness, and I don't feel like shaving anything. Yeah, well, I take care of my beard. It just needs to be trimmed up, and my hair desperately needs to be chopped. Like yeah. yesterday. <laughs> yeah, hopefully I can do that tomorrow, because I have to look good for a wedding coming up for me yep and i'm also getting it done right before your wedding so so that's our topic for the day haunted objects and everything like i said before if you have a mirror and you want to gift it to us or sell one to me email me at bear river paranormal at outlook.com and if you have any questions about haunted objects or if you think you might have a haunted object that needs to be dealt with let us know as well we'll gladly come out there and resolve your paranormal issues so now on to the piece of equipment of the day so you've all have heard of the piece of equipment called the mill meter now the mill meter came out about mm, eight ish or so years ago and it's just an analog digital ish display and it reads the temperature fluctuations, EMF, stuff like that. The version that I have is the upgraded version, which is the mill meter with the REM pod and temperature sensor. So technically, the one that I love to use is the mill 8704 r rem atdd D. And it's been a phenomenal piece of equipment. If I remember correctly, I believe David also has one as well. Some of the other versions of this came with a laser. Um, There's some new upgraded versions out on the market now. But in all reality, they're all basically the same. Just new features, new upgrades, stuff like that. The one that I have does the temperature, EMF, REM, and audible temperature. So it actually has a separate temperature for it. And it's it's been a great piece of equipment, to be quite honest with you. It's We've had some issues with it. Those got resolved. It was just a loose antenna. Gave off some false positives. Shit happens. But nine times out of ten, we get some pretty good evidence from it. Especially when you're just slowly walking through a room and it's going off and nothing's around it. You know what I mean? It's happened numerous times to mine, to David's. We've also set it up as a trigger object. It's went off as well. 
it's been the more reliable piece of equipment that we use on the day-to-day investigation wise yeah, now, top, top five that I think uh, yeah. we always at least bring, or at least I always at least bring. I don't yeah. use mine because Shane's always has his at the ready. I'm like, okay, I'll just put mine back in its, it's little case then. Yeah, and then when we do need to use his, we set it up as a trigger or he carries it around while mine's a trigger, you know. It's a trade-off. I mean, me and David have equipment that are similar, but also different as well. So it kind of complements each other. Some of the stuff we do have are duplicates, like the Melmeter... Uh, digital recorders, stuff like that, cameras, lights. Outside of that, I don't really have anything else that you have. I think I have everything that you don't have, and you have everything I don't have. Yeah, because I mean, I have, a, I have a digital uh, EMF meter that's slightly different uh, mm-hmm. than that. Obviously, it doesn't have a REM attachment on it, mm-hmm. but uh, it, it picks up uh, milligauss uh, differently than the, than the Mel does. Yeah, and that's another thing too. Don't rely on one piece of equipment. Always have options. So whenever we're doing baselines, we like to have the tri-field out. We like to have the millimeter out. We like to have just the simple K2 out as well to be able to gather our baselines because even though they all three of them do the same thing, they're all vastly different. So they could display things differently. You know what I mean? Especially in milligals. Now, obviously, the K2, you're not going to be able to tell exactly what it's doing except for when lights are blinking, you know. But millimeter in a tri-field, if you have the newest tri-field, it's digital. If you have the old yeah. school one, it's analog. I'll talk about the tri-field on, on the next episode. Yeah. I'll run through it. But but the millimeter itself, I mean, it's a great piece of equipment. I, yeah. I don't really have any gaffes for it. And honestly, it is built really well. Like when I found out that I had an antenna issue, which I found out the antenna was just loose, trying to tear into that piece of equipment was a bugger. I mean, they put some time and effort into building these this piece of equipment, and it took me a while to try to get it apart and figure out what was wrong with it. Then it went back right together, and it works just fine now. Yeah. It's good. I like it. Uh, I don't... So, just a basic... Uh mel meter is like a hundred bucks mm-hmm. just a st- your standard mel that does the temperature milligauss but when you go to the one that's got uh the rem attachment on it it gets pretty pricey i think the just standard, like everything else standard price is like 240 yeah right now it's on sale for 200 so i mean that's a pretty big gap it's literally a hundred dollar gap on sale mm-hmm. uh from just your standard but uh, I felt it was worth it, and with you, luckily, you were able to fix it uh, yourself. Because that would really have sucked that you had to buy a brand new one. Yeah. When it when it's a simple issue that you fixed yourself. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, yeah, it hurts the pocketbook when you buy some of these equipment. They're worth it. I've definitely got my money's worth out of mine, but it still hurts to be putting forth that money to have to get a new one if I have to get a new one. So that's why whenever you see investigators, how they treat their equipment, they treat it like it's a baby. That's why. I don't think David could drop $1,400 on an an SLS if he dropped his. Let's be honest here. And if I did, I would look uh, to get uh, a different one. (laughs) Exactly. So, I mean, it's it's like an exotic car. Do you really think you're going to park it in a Walmart parking lot? No. 
It's the same thing with paranormal equipment. You're not going to just let anybody willy-nilly just deal, you know, handle your equipment. And you baby it like it's your child. You know, you don't want it to fall. You don't want it to break or anything like that. But to go over the functionalities of this actual particular device that I have. So, obviously you got the power on and it's got the LED uh, red light. That you, if you press the power button again, it, it illuminates. You can change the range on it. You can also change the units. You can turn the backlight off if you just want the room to be completely dark. And then on the side of it... Well, actually, let me start on the bottom. The bottom is where you would actually turn on the REM functions and the ADDD function as well. That's for the temperature. And then on top, on the side here, you can actually change the REM range, the sensitivity of it. You can also zero out the temp and then you can also zero out the REM pod as well. Which is good because the millimeter with the REM has to antiquate to the area. So when you just turn it on and you're holding it, it's getting antiquated for you. But if you set it down, then you pick it up after a couple of minutes, your thing's going to go wild. So you have to reset it, so you have to zero it out. Not that big of a deal, to be quite honest with you. Um, it can get annoying, though, when it's going off. That's when the spirit is like, hey, pay attention to me, bastard. You need to, like, pay attention to me, like, at that residential here in Logan a few weeks ago. I ended up having to just turn it off because I was just done with it because, you know, no one wants to sit here and listen to a screaming machine for five minutes. But it's pretty much self-explanatory. I really love this piece of equipment and I love the fact that it has a, th a threaded, uh, was a 510 threads on the back of it so you could put it on a tripod, everything, anything like that. So you can actually keep it as a stationary thing and you don't have to use its physical stand for it. But I mean, there's not really much else to talk about it. It's an awesome piece of equipment. If you have the $250, drop it on this. If you don't have that much and you really want a millimeter, go get the one that doesn't have the REM capabilities on it. And then just progressively upgrade yourself as you go. You know, you, you don't necessarily always, have to get the most expensive one. You can get the millimeter, and then they sell REM pods separately. So if you really wanted to, you could have just the regular mel, and then just a, a REM pod that's separate. It just makes more sense to have them combined. Yeah. And there's also different options for the REM pod as well. When we talk about that piece of equipment, we can go into the separate options between the major manufacturers and... The local paranormal groups that are also created them as well so you have options and i would say just keep an keep an eye out on the interwebs and stuff because there's always people trying to sell their older equipment i mean if you don't have an issue buying other people's older equipment i've done it in the past i know quite a few people that have done it in the past it's actually not a bad idea to get used equipment because they're most of the time they're 10, 10 times cheaper and mostly the reason why we sell uh, our paranormal equipment is because we got something that's newer than the, what we just got. So mm -hmm. it's not like what we're selling is bad. It's just we no longer use it a lot yeah. to justify keeping it. Might as well just sell it. Yeah. Like um, when we upgraded all of our cameras, we retired our old cameras and we sold them. You know, it, it's stuff like that. You know, as 
electronics progress in time, you know, you kind of have to follow the trend. If you can afford it anyway. If you can't afford it, I completely understand. But if you can't afford it, definitely upgrade. Because sometimes, these newer pieces of equipment are actually a lot better than some of the older stuff that you're using. But you can't really, you know... The nostalgia is always going to be there, especially if you have an old-school digital recorder, not not even digital, an old-school tape recorder, and an old-school tape video camera, you know, you can always get good evidence on that as well. We just like the newer stuff because it's a lot easier to deal with, it's better quality, stuff like that. And it, it's not even just paranormal equipment with that as well, it's anything. Your phone... You upgrade your phone, you have the newest and greatest. You upgrade your car, it's the newest and greatest. Unless you're a tinkerer like me, and I like to fix up old vehicles and make them just as good as the new ones, you know? That, that That's always that option as well. So it just kind of applies to everything. But that's everything that I kind of needed to talk about the Melmeter. It's an awesome piece of equipment. It's got my stamp of approval. Even though it's expensive, it is definitely worth it. Did you have any final thoughts on that, David? Um, no, I mean, I, I like mine. I'm glad I got it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's really not many pieces of equipment that I've gotten that I've actually regretted, except maybe two. Mm-hmm. Um, one being a thermal cam and one being uh, the Rook. But, uh, yeah, I know. Ther- thermal's thermal's a interesting beast to tackle. Yeah. Uh, logistically to get it to work the way you want it to yeah and honestly i think when it comes down to it is the more money you spend on a thermal camera the better you're gonna be mm-hmm. happy with it because there's yeah, really cause... not a good alternative cheap version for thermal for what you want yeah because the seek um one that i originally purchased was garbage and so then i got the actual floor that's what it is floor yeah because that's for uh apple in it no you can use it on android as well Oh. oh, yeah, yeah, because that's why. Yeah. There, there's one specifically for Apple, and then there was one for uh, Android. Cause I, th- I think the I one that Android. you were talking about was the full case one that they came up with with the Apple, and then the attachment came with the Android. Yeah. yeah I, know, I mean, there, there's, a few, there's a few of them out there. I don't remember what the best brand is obviously one that i am not going to be able to uh, afford afford yeah but, well uh, fleur I is th- an awesome i think awesome it is good brand. i just got a cheap version for it at the time yeah uh for my android which i get i would it'd be about what almost four years ago yeah so thermal then versus thermal now is I, i'd imagine a lot better yeah and i still have my fleur thermal camera and i use it for my tablet we don't really use it that much anymore, to be quite honest with you. But it's nice to be able to use it when I need to use it, you know? Yeah. But yeah, so that's our episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. It's a little bit longer episode than we anticipated, but hey, more listening for you guys. So if you have any suggestions, have any questions, anything like that, head us up on Facebook, Instagram, send us a message, send us an email, anything like that. And we will see you guys on the next episode. You guys have a great day. Bye. You are listening to the Bear River Paranormal Podcast, BRP Podcast. If you or you know of someone who is having issues with an entity or a possible haunting, 
please send us an email, text, or call. You can find all of our information at www.bearriverparanormal.com. We work 24-7 so we can resolve your paranormal issues quickly and as conveniently as possible. If you haven't already, please subscribe to Bear River Paranormal Podcast. Toss us a rating or a review. You can also find us on Facebook at BRP Podcast. If you are interested in sponsoring us, please send us a message. We look forward to hearing from you soon. Thank you for listening, and have a great rest of your day.